turn to the book of Esther, and um, we're going to start a series today uh, having to do with our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Today marks, I believe for some people, a turning point. I really believe that. For the first time, we've been doing 21 days of prayer and fasting for seven years, at least, maybe eight years. We meet every night uh, for 21 days with the exception of Saturdays, and we've been doing this for years and years. For the very first time, God told me to title it. He said, uh, Brian, I want you to tell everyone that this 21 days is called presence. It's all about God's presence, God's presence in our life. And so we're going to talk about God's presence, and we're going to spend a lot of time in the book of Esther. In fact, we're going to spend the entire 21 days. Now, I'll give reference, of course, to other scriptures, but we're going to study the book of Esther for the next 21 days. Let me start off kind of where I was last week. Just read this verse to you, James chapter 4, verse number 8. It says this, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. If there was ever a, a, a set of verses that describe fasting, it's these. Fasting is drawing near to God. But it's more than that. Fasting is cleansing our hands. Fasting is purifying our hearts. Fasting is lamenting and mourning and weeping. It's fasting. That is a picture of fasting. And of course, we weep over our sin. We weep over the the distance between us and God that we've allowed and the separation we've allowed in our life. But fasting also does something on the inside of us. It, It creates a hunger for us because it parallels a physical hunger. Fasting is abstaining from food for a period of time to seek God, to seek the face of God. And listen, when you decide to fast, When you make the choice to say, I will push away from the dinner table, I I will move away from the breakfast table, I will skip lunch so that I could spend time praying and, and, and spend time in God's word, let me just tell you, your joy will be turned to gloom. I'm just telling you right now. If you don't believe me, just try it. Just go a day without food and see what a cheerful, joyful, blessed mood you're in at the end of that day. I'm serious. It it is something. It does something to our physical selves. Because most people have never skipped a meal in their life. Most people have never purposely gone without food. For them, they think it's crazy. Why would you purposely skip a meal? We were in an airport in Atlanta this week, my wife and I. I don't know what made me think about this. We were at a TGI Fridays, and we had a layover on our way to Oklahoma City, and and we were sitting down at a table, and it was just me and her, and and this guy came and sat next to us, and and he ordered food, and I just looked at him. He had camouflage clothes on. I don't know if that had anything to do with it or not. I just looked at him, and I said, I bet you this guy has never fasted in his life. 
I don't know what that thought came from. I just said, look at you. You've never missed a meal in your life, have you? He wasn't a big guy. I'm just saying, look, he's never fasted. Now, maybe he has. I was judging him, I know, but I thought the thought came to me. Have you ever purposely gone without a meal? Because it's crazy to most people. But to the guy and to the woman who's hungry for God, it's not crazy. It's absolutely normal to take a season of your life to seek God. It's perfectly normal and necessary for you to push away from other things, for you to disconnect from the world so that you can connect from God. It's perfectly normal and it is necessary in our lives. To say, I will, I, will, I will draw near to God and draw away from those other things. In, in, in Esther, listen, chapter 7, verse number 2, we're going to start by telling you the story of this young lady because if I, just, if I just tell you her story, it sounds as if it's a fairy tale. Think about it like this. We have a peasant girl who is an orphan who does not know her, her father and her mother was adopted and raised by her uncle in poverty. And here she is, a complete outsider, a complete outcast. She doesn't fit in with anybody. She doesn't fit in with the social classes. But yet, she gets noticed by royalty. And not just noticed. Favored. And here this peasant orphan girl rises to become queen the greatest nation on the earth. And she doesn't just become queen. In her royalty, she actually saves her whole, her whole lineage, her entire population from genocide. If you just think about that, you go, wow, that's an incredible story. That can't be true. Yet it is true. Every bit of it is true. And it's not just a historical count that we could look at and go, wow, that's fascinating. It is really something that we have to study because it speaks to us today. In chapter 7, verse 2, listen to this. It says, and on the second day at the banquet of wine, the king again said to Esther, what is your petition, Queen Esther? It shall be granted to you. And what is your request? Up to half the kingdom, it shall be done. And she said, listen, if I found favor in your sight, here's what I want. I want my people. I, I want my life to be spared. I want my people to be spared. But listen to what the king says. What is your request up to half of my kingdom? Half of his kingdom he was willing to give Esther. How do you get that kind of favor? How do you find yourself in the presence of a king sitting at his table, eating his food, wearing wearing royal robes and not just sitting there not just eating his food not just wearing those clothes you actually have a title you're actually called queen and and then all of a sudden you find such favor that the king says to you whatever you want it's yours how do you get there i mean i mean you have to pinch yourself every night and go how did this happen well maybe the historical account of Esther isn't something that we just look at and we just smile and nod and go, wow, that's a fascinating story. Maybe, listen to me, maybe the historical account of Esther is really more than that. 
Maybe for us in 2016, we can look at it, study it, and go, this is a roadmap to the king's presence. It's a roadmap. Here's what's going to happen over the next few weeks. I, I can't preach the story of Esther in three sermons. There's just no way. So, so I'm going to teach it along the way as we meet. Now, we're meeting... Sunday through Thursday from 7 to 8 p.m., every night starting tonight. We're going to meet for the next three weeks, Sunday through Thursday from 7 to 8 p.m. Now, I, I'm, I can't teach every night on Esther, but I'm going to take Sunday nights, and I'm going to take Wednesday nights, and I'm going to continue this series, okay? So, so we're going to get into it because we're not even going to get out of the first chapter today. We're not even going to get out of the first chapter. So I'm going to continue tonight, then I'm going to continue Wednesday night, and then again next Sunday morning, and the following Sunday night, Wednesday night, and then the following Sunday morning. And we're going to go on throughout the the entire 21 days. And so I want to encourage you. We're going to dive right in and say, okay, how did this girl go from rags to riches like she did? How did she find herself at, at, at a banquet being favored so highly how did she get into the king's presence is there something we could learn from this now we're going to meet on friday nights as well friday nights we start at seven but i can't promise you when we're going to end i have no idea when we're going to end i've invited three guest speakers to come two of them are local the other one's coming from an hour and a half away and and they're going to come and they're just going to pray for people minister to people and it's just going to be great our friday nights are going to be incredible so if you can only make one night come friday night Okay? Come Friday night, because it's going to be just an incredible, credible night of ministry. But I'm telling you these 21 days, as we dive into the book of Esther, and we find out how she got there, listen, I believe that there is something that we can learn from Esther's story. She got to the throne room somehow. And I'm just determined over these next 21 days. I don't know who's going to show up. I, I'm not so worried about who's going to show up or not show up. I'm just, I'm just determined that I'm going. I'm going all the way to the throne room. I'm going to find God's presence for my life. I'm going to disconnect from whatever I need to disconnect so that I can reconnect with Because I want his presence in my life more than I want food. Somebody say amen. And I just want to know. Is there anybody else with that kind of hunger and, and desire? I mean, do you say to yourself, yes, this is for me. This next three weeks is going to catapult me. It is going to change my life. It is going to transform me somehow. So let's start with Esther chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, if you have a tablet, of course, if you're new to the church, we throw the scriptures on the screen as well so you can follow along there. But let's start with chapter 1, verse 1. It says, Now it came to pass in those days, in the days of Ahasuerus, this was the Ahasuerus who reigned over 127 provinces from India to Ethiopia. Listen to me. Listen to me. This was a huge kingdom. It was known as the kingdom of Persia. It stretched all the way from the top of Turkey, all the way down to Egypt, all from Israel and the entire Middle East, all the way over to India. This was a huge kingdom. And, and to say that this was a man of power or to say that this was a man of wealth is a gross understatement. This was a man of ultimate power and this was a man of ultimate wealth. 
the largest kingdom in the world, what was literally known as the known world, he was the king over it. This was a man of incredible, incredible influence, incredible power. It says in verse 2, in those days when King Ahasuerus sat on the throne of his kingdom, which was in Shushan the citadel, that in the third year of his reign, he made a feast for all of his officials and servants, the powers of Persia and Media, the nobles and the princes of the province being before him, when he showed the riches of his glorious kingdom and the splendor of his excellent majesty, majesty for many days. In fact, it says 180 days in all. They had a party that lasted 180 days. Now, I've been to some parties. I've been to some Puerto Rican weddings. Anybody understand what I'm talking about? I, I know what, what, okay, is this ever going to end? Is it ever going to end? I, I, I know what that looks like. 180 days. How'd you like to get the tab and the bill for that one? This was a man who, who, who knew how to throw a feast. 180 days they partied. Never running out of money, never running out of drink, never running out of food. This was an incredible, incredible splendor. But for the story of Esther to take place, for her to rise to the place where she would become queen and she could ask whatever she wanted, up to half of this incredible kingdom, for her to rise, somebody had to fall. For her to excel, for her to be, be, be put in that place, somebody had to be removed from their place. Listen, for anything to be enthroned, something has to be dethroned. Do you hear me now? When it says in the word of God that, that God is enthroned on the praises of his people, that means something or someone has to be dethroned. Listen, our 21 days is, it isn't about you know, just trying to get answers to prayer. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. We're going to pray and we're going to believe God for answers to prayer. And, and there's so many benefits to fasting. There's healing for our bodies. There's, there's hearing the voice of God more clearly. There are so many benefits. But can I just be, be, be absolutely transparent with you and totally honest? I believe with all of my heart that the purpose of fasting is one thing. And one thing only, to deny yourself, to dethrone yourself, to take self off of the throne of your life and say, God, not my will, not my way, your will, your way be done in my life. Amen? That's the reason. And that's the only reason. That's the only reason why we fast. Listen, everything else is a benefit. We'll talk about those benefits. I'm going to share about the benefits. But we're here today to come to a place where we're tired of trying to decide and make all of the choices for ourselves. God, I need your will done in my life. I need your plan. I need your purpose to come to pass in my life. And so for Esther to rise, for her to become queen, somebody has to be removed from the throne. In verse number 10... We find out who that is. On the seventh day, when the heart of the king was merry with wine, he commanded some of his eunuchs, there's seven names there, I won't even try it, who served in the presence of King Ahasuerus to bring Queen Vashti before the king, wearing her royal crown in order to show her beauty to the people. 
and the officials, for she was beautiful to behold. But Queen Vashti refused to come at the king's command. Brought by his eunuchs, therefore the king was furious, listen now, and his anger burned within him. I don't know why she didn't come. The Bible doesn't say why Queen Vashti refused the king's command. There's no, there's, there's people who have speculated, they've come up with this theory or that theory as to why she didn't come. And let me just tell you, she may have had a very good reason. In her own eyes and in her own thoughts, she may have said, you know, I can't, I can't come right now. I'm, I got so much going on, there's just no. Or maybe she just didn't want to. Maybe she just didn't want But when she made the choice to not come when the king called, she made the choice to be removed from his presence. And the Bible says that Queen Vashti would no longer come before the king. That was it. She refused the king's call to come. Now listen to me. In no way am I comparing Ahasuerus with God. Ahasuerus was an immoral king. He was not a godly man. He was not a good person. He was an immoral person. The only thing he has in common with God is this. Listen to this. They're both royalty. They're both kings. In Luke chapter 18, Jesus is telling what's called the parable of the unjust judge. And in telling the parable, he, he, he decides to contrast an unjust judge with God who is a just judge. And he says the unjust judge will, will decide like this and he will act like this, but God who is a just judge, he will do it differently. He'll act differently. The only thing that they have in common is they both have the power to decide. And the only thing that Hazarus has in common with God is they're both calling their bride to come. That's it. There is a king who's calling his bride and Vashti refused to come. And there is a king of kings who's calling his bride to come. And we just have a choice. We just have a choice. We can come into his presence or we can refuse to come. We can say, yes, I'll come. Or we can say, no. We have that right. In in Matthew chapter 22, verse number one, I just want to read it to you. It it tells the story of the kingdom of, uh, of the parable of the wedding feast, and it says this in verse one, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son, and he sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding, and they were not willing to come. And again, he sent out other servants saying, tell those who were invited, tell them, see, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fatted cattle are killed, and all things are ready. You come to the wedding. Listen to this. But they made light of it, and they went their way, one to his own farm and another to his business. Listen to these words. They made light of it, and they went their way. There's a king who said, I've prepared a feast for you. I've prepared a a, a banquet for you. 
I want you to come. You'll be blessed and, and, and you'll be favored and, and I've got it all ready. It's all sitting there ready for you. You come into my presence and, and he just throws out this invitation and he just says, come, I want you to come. I want you to come. I want you to come. I, I want you to come. But they made light of it. They said, no, 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 we're, we're busy. We're going to go our own way. Listen to me. These next 21 days, if they don't totally rearrange your schedule, if they don't shake your world, if, if they don't change you, if they don't, they don't cause some discomfort in your life, then you're not showing up. I know what busy looks like. We have three kids. And let me tell you, over this 21 days, I've got schedules on refrigerators. And we've got basketball games, and we've got uh, soccer games, and we've got tournaments, and, and we've got Im- important things. And, and so that means that, that we have to rearrange everything to get here. We have to rearrange everything to get here. We have to figure out how to feed them. We have to figure out homework. We have to figure out that, that okay, they might not go to bed at, at the exact time we, we normally put them to bed. Everything about these 21 days is going to look different. Isn't that the point? That's what we're, we're supposed to do. We're supposed to take this season where we get this incredible invitation to come and we say, God, yes, we'll show up. We don't want to make light of this opportunity. We don't want it to pass us by. It'll be a lunch hour. It'll be, a, it'll be a, a, an early morning alarm. And we'll just have an invitation. Listen, I know you can't come every night. I know that. And I know some of you cannot fast the way others can fast. If, if you have something with medication or, or you have to take food, of course, we have some papers out on the, the table, the fasting center out there. We're selling books by Jensen Franklin, an incredible book called The Fasting Edge. But there's lots of information out there. There's, there's papers about the Daniel fast. If, if for some reason, there's a medical reason why you can't fast uh, completely, you know, uh, away from food, if, if you have to take food for certain reasons or, or if you're pregnant or whatever it is and, and you can't do it like, like others can do it, but you can do something. You say, God, I'll heed the call. I will not make light of this opportunity. And if it's the lunch hour where I have to get away from my coworkers and I have to go into a car and I have to drive to some spot and I have to sit in my car and put on some worship and open my Bible and say, God, I'm hungry for you. Or I push myself out of bed and I, I, I find the, the word of God and I open it up and I say, God, now you be my meal this morning. You, you be my breakfast and, and you're gonna be my lunch and you're gonna be my dinner. Because I'm not going to let this opportunity, this invitation pass me by. I don't want to make light of this. I, I want to show you, God, that this is important to me because I'm hungry for you. I've asked my wife to come share some thoughts and, and to just share her, her heart concerning these 21 days of prayer and fasting. Would you welcome my much, much better half uh, as she comes to share this morning? It's on, right? <laughs> well, when he asked me to, to share this morning, God brought me back to our encounter that we had not long ago. And 
He brought Isaiah 43, 18, verse 19 to my heart that says, Do not call to mind the former things or ponder the things of the past. That's for somebody right there. Or ponder the things of the past. But behold, I will do something new. Hallelujah. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? And I feel like God's saying that to us these next 21 days. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. When speaking about preparing for his presence, um, we need to grab a hold of, of the truth that it's not something that we have to work up. These next 21 days, we're not just going to work up God's presence, but it's something that we have to enter in. See, the rivers of God are constantly flowing, right? And so these next 21 days, we get to just enter in. He says, come to the river, all who are hungry, all who are thirsty, come and drink. Come and drink. Come to the river these next 21 days and allow his presence to transform you, to change you. Because you have purpose and you have destiny that goes beyond these four walls. You have people that he has called you to reach, that he has called you to touch with his presence. And it's by his presence alone that anyone will ever be changed or touched by your words. You want boldness? Come to the river. You want change on the inside? You want freedom? Come to the river. He says, come and drink. He has something for us these next 21 days. He invites us to come. Will you come? He says, will you come? He is waiting and he is calling us to come. Through fasting, our faith is increased. Amen. To to see, to hear to know him more. Will you come? Are you ready to birth something new in the spirit? You know, when we speak about a a woman giving birth, we call it labor, you know, and um, it's difficult, it's intense, but you know what? Sometimes fasting can get very intense. You know, that hunger can be very intense as you're fixing lunch for your kids and your stomach is growling and you're just like, I just want to stick that salami (laughs) in my mouth right now. You know, it can get intense in those moments, you know, but we have to be hungry and thirsty for God more than that piece of salami or whatnot, just as an example. Example, but God wants to birth something new on the inside of us these next 21 days, something new in this house. Uh, a new desire to worship him and, and enter in, not just, not just words, but just an entering in to the rivers because they are constantly flowing. And I just, I just invite you to come join us this next 21 days. Amen. Amen. Stay here, We want to we pray for you and... We're going to believe, God, these next 21 days are really going to be life-changing for you. I encourage you to do this. Just get a calendar out. You get a calendar, get on your phone or get on a tablet or get an actual calendar and, and that you write on and 
You say, God, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make every effort to come this night and then this night and then this night. Maybe it's two nights a week. Maybe it's three nights a week. Whatever it is that you say, okay, we could do this. We're, we're going to make the sacrifices. We're going to shake up our schedule. We're going to do things differently. It can't look like it always looks because I don't want this year to look like last year. Amen. So we want to pray with you today. Would you do this? Would you bow your head?